Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Jill Stein. One Gary Johnson. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 166. The Handsome Boys Comics Hour does not endorse either of those candidates. Yes, thank God. Old Jill, I hate GMO Stein, and... Gary, what is America Johnson? <laughs> How many states again? How many states are in the country? Uh, aren't there 48? 40, 48, yeah, 48, right? right, yeah. 48. 51. 50, oh, something. okay, yeah. We got, uh, Aleppo. <laughs> let me Aleppo, look, Aleppo. Let me look that up. Something about real quick. Aleppo. Let me get my phone. All right. Google. <laughs> How many states does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Oh, okay. A one, a two, a three. That's pretty good. Uh, I I practice a lot. Good. It's, it's it's working out for you. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna be discussing Hellboy in Hell by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart. Um, Mignola. What? Hmm? I'm not. I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike Mignola. He's a he has a vision, sort of. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Uh, before we get to that, we have comic books that came out this very week to talk about, Eric. Oh, dokie dokie. Okay, good. I just need confirmation that you're on the same boat as I am. In the same boat? If you're on, if you are on the deck of a boat, are you still in the boat? I'm not here to answer these questions. I'm not, I'm not qualified. <laughs> okay. We can move on to our first segment. It is time for weekly blabbers. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, depending on how mushy we feel about our decision. Our first book this week is Batman number 10, written by Tom King. Pencils, inks, and cover by Mikkel Janin. Michael Janin, still don't know. Colors by June Chung. Clayton Cowles on letters. <sighs> kind of, I kind of was like, all right, maybe we'll just read all the Batman. You know, we'll go all the way in on, we'll go all in on this Batman. Mm-hmm. Just read it all. I still like it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There was a part of me that there was a moment in this book. Where I'm like, uh, I don't know if I if I can. I, when when Bane like uh, does like the the, the does the the wrestling thing on on yeah. Batman, he cracks his back, mm-hmm. and then Batman they, they won me back with it. Mm-hmm. When Batman literally punched holes in the rock wall and then wrenched his back into whatever working order it needed to be again. Is that what he was doing? I thought he injured himself getting out. No, I believe that is what he was doing. He seemed like he was getting around okay. I That is my reading on the situation. Oh, I I mean, I guess that it, it works. It's a sensible enough thing. I mean, to, not necessarily. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to say it's sensible, but it is. I'd say it's not really communicating that clearly. 
Um, but sure. I mean, look, he's it lo- makes, he's it, it he, makes he, enough sense. He's lodged in there. I, I that's uh, that's. I mean, I, I don't. I, the the thing that really interests me about this is is really not. I mean, Batman is just Batman. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I think that what really interests me the most in this book was the Catwoman narrating. You know, the yes that stuff. That was yeah. the the really good part. It's certainly it's 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 definitely interesting. It's not what I expected, and that's always good in a Batman comic when it's not like, oh, this is a story that you've seen a hundred times. You no, can, you could have you could have written this. It's that's it, not that's not what I want. No, it's not what I want either. I I think that Batman to a certain extent is unchangeable. You know, like what are you gonna Bruce Wayne? Like, how much are you going to change Bruce Wayne? On a, a lot? No, probably not. But Catwoman, yeah. there's still, I like, I'm, that's a character development I'm interested in. I, I like, I, that, it hooked. It hooked me. And I want to know how, uh, Ventriloquist got, did, did, uh, Catwoman carry him on her back or something? Or were they in the ship, too? They might have been in the ship. <laughs> that would make sense, right? Sure. The airplane, right? The bat, the the weird janky bat plane that he was flying. Yeah. What even was that? Where did he, what the hell? Where did it come from? Bruce Wayne does Industries. It, look, it, does, it doesn't look like a bat plane though. It's it's his long flight bat plane. You know, like he has the one that's for like short term missions, like a fighter jet. That one's like, hey, we're gonna be driving, we're gonna be flying a long time. Probably has a bed in the back. Doesn't really look like it. Eric. I'm trying to answer your question for you. Come on, what do you want from me? I don't want lies. Okay, I'm not don't lying. Be, don't don't be bullshitting me That's about a... Batman's airplanes. Okay. How about Bane is completely naked when he's wrestling Batman? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I mean, Bane's just been naked for two books now. I mean, it's like, a, it's. I mean, he's in his house. It's got some some Grecian wrestling going on there. Yeah, you know, it's he's a purist. I, I guess so. He, he'll only fuck your back up in the nude. Mm-hmm. No, you know, he's he's clean himself. You know, he he's clean now. He's not taking the venom. He's it's a holistic approach. So so, do you think has has that been restored into continuity? The the nightfall stuff. I assume this is all referencing that. Yes, I I I think. It is in continuity because they are talking about it. I don't know. I don't. I don't I think mean, there's ever sure. been enough. I don't think there's ever been an official like. Now it's real, but I think they just mm-hmm. they just they just went. Well, that stuff's good to like talk about now. So that yep, it's canon. I think yeah. I think that that DC needs like, you know like a, a little app or something. Like you get a text message when like you know Dan DiDio decides like oh this is continuity again. It's like, well, Bane broke Batman's back again. Just like, boop, boop. Just get a notification. I got enough Perfect. of those. I don't need any more on my phone. Are you sure? I'm sure. I uh, you totally, you totally need that notification. I, I, I like Bane a lot. I like this Bane. I like this Catwoman a lot, which is something mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily expecting. Uh, I'm all on board for this Batman. I'm still, I'm a bye. Well, I hate this book. I hate Robbie. I hate Bat planes. I love Naked Bane. So it's a buy. So it's a total buy. <laughs> no, this book's this book's good. It is good. Tom, Tom Tom King makes comic books that are good. Yeah, makes good comic books. That's a double buy on Batman number ten. Our next book up is 
Midnighter and Apollo, number two. Written by Steve Orlando, Art Fernando Blanco, Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors, Josh Reed doing the letters. I, uh. I was, I was incredibly bothered by the, the, the decision to, uh, to kill Apollo. Okay. Well, he's not dead. I know. I mean, he is dead. He's in fucking hell. Eh, it's a technicality. Come on. He's fucking dead. He's, he's dead, dude. He's fine. He's in that room. <laughs> he's fucking dead. Hey, c- come on. Don't say that. Midnighter might come and punch you just because you said the word. I, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to stop being fictional. Apollo may well stop being dead because he is fictional also, but I don't. If, I, I don't, if Apollo, I don't... if Apollo dying and getting sent to hell is the way that we get to see Midnighter go to hell to bring him back, mm-hmm. I'm all on board. It's very silly. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm, um, I'm a fan of, there's, it's not like no one has done this before in comic books. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's, especially when it's a character like Midnighter, I'm all oh, for yeah. it. It's, I, I didn't say that, um, that I don't think this book's amazing. I, I don't know. Steve Orlando is pretty awesome. This book is very good. I just kind of wish that that wasn't what the story was. But whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure this will be amazing. I don't, I like, really like it because Apollo is, like Superman often, you know, he's even more a direct parallel to like a, a Christ, a messianic mm-hmm. kind of figure. Like there's that, mm-hmm. that huge, uh, uh, with those that page, the double page, two pages with like the long vertical panels with like this nebulous beast, like with tentacles, like him mm-hmm. trying to say, like I really like that a lot. Uh, it's sometimes weird how the, we're going to talk this talk about this when we get to Hellboy, but how people choose to portray hell like in in especially in worlds like this like in the dc like hey it's dc's hell mm-hmm. or a hell you know is there more than one we don't know um the answer uh that's outlined in the sandman is yes but they're all hell i know but that's not always the answer so did I just get a DC text message? No, that, no, no, no. There's, I'm like I'm that, saying, that, that you're not. Hell is not you're not gonna get Canon anymore. You're not gonna get a text message. That's what I'm telling you, Eric. That I, well, I, actually, I am gonna get a text message. Probably quite a lot of them in my life. Not from DC. Probably, probably many of them from you. Not from DC though. You don't know that. I'm a buy. I like how this this book is cool. <laughs> Eric. Hey, what's up? You have to say buy or do not buy. Those are the rules. I'm I I don't care about your rules. I'm a rule breaker. Who is this Doctor Strange fake guy? I don't know. I'm sure he's a character that has been established at some point, but I don't know. <laughs> That's grad student Strange. He's a he's he's a he's a doctor, but Mm-mm. he's not like a doctor. Yeah. That's a doctor of sociology, strange. Mm-hmm. He never was a surgeon. Yeah. He's just trying to figure out how to fight social injustice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. By Midnight or in Hell. <laughs> they should, I don't, is that going to be like the, the title of the trade? It's like Midnight or in Apollo. In Hell. I, I hope so. It'll, it'll go fine with Godzilla. It would. I wonder if they run. I, re- I kind of wish that. 
DC had had the rights to Godzilla, and we they just run into Godzilla at some point, <laughs> hanging out. Godzilla and Hellboy. I don't think Mignola's going to get along with that. Well, I mean, dare to dream, Robbie. Okay, that's we'll fair. also put the we'll also put uh, the boy Vision in there. But does he have a soul? Does he dream of electric sheep? We're mixing too many works of fiction together. It's it's making my brain hurt. Uh, we can move on to our next book. It is Avengers number one, written by Mark Wade, art Mike Damundo, colors Mike Damundo with Marco D'Alfonso, letters Corey Pettit. Hey, it's another Avengers book. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Well, they never they never stop. No, as long as there's Avenging to do. Like there was that all new, all different Avengers. Mm-hmm. That and, was amazing. And then now there's now there's the champions. Yeah, and now that's pretty good. And this, which are both written by written by Mark Mark Wade. I I do like the idea of the time traveling vision stealing babies to to try and stop Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, that's I, that's pretty awesome. I am still a big fan of Demundo's art. Yeah, I really like it. It's 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 um. I mean, it was loose in uh, Weird World. It was Weird World, right? Yes. I think this is even kind of looser. The colors are whacked out and crazy, which is pretty fabulous. I like that he's able to make all this in- insane color work so well. Yeah, it's big and garish. Mm-hmm. The garishness, I think, is just kind of important. And it, it is... I don't know. At first, I wasn't sure how it fit. His art would fit with Mark Wade's voice. You know, his. Mm. It. I don't know. A lot of people have been making the cl- like calling back to old Jack Kirby style Avengers with yeah. you know big superhero weird stances and like all that kind of look and aesthetic. Um, I, you know, Mark Wade does have a certain corniness to him, from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like by the end of the issue, I was like, I was. I was a fan. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure how I feel about Peter Parker now being Tony Stark. Yeah, it is a little weird. I mean, I like. But, I mean, that's not that's not a Wade decision. No, it's not. I like. I mean, he his spider like him writing Spider Man is. I I like Spider Man's like actual voice in this. Mm-hmm. And all the all the heroes are actually pretty well on tone. I think it's a little goofy and quippy at points. It is but goofy. It's, uh, yeah, it it, it kind of doesn't bother me, but I think that it works pretty well with the occasional cartooniness and exaggeration in the artwork. Yeah, that's I think I, I think the two mesh pretty well together. That's what I came around on. It was very much yeah, like it, that. Yeah, cheesiness mm-hmm. works with the big, bold, strange. Yeah, look of Del Mundo's art. And like it can be serious when it needs to be serious, and it can be goofy when it wants to be goofy. I never did find out what happened to Crystal Man and when in, in Weird World. We have it all. I need to. I need to read comic books then. I'm a buy. I like. I like this a lot more than I like this more yeah. than the Champions, and I certainly like it more than I than all new, all different Avengers. And Which a lot- was fabulous. <laughs> Let me t- believe me. I I don't know. Del Mundo's art certainly makes an impression on me. I'm glad that he's on a big book. You know, like he's had a lot of books that are like little tiny, tiny gems mm-hmm. here and there. But you know, being the artist on a main the the Avengers book, I, I'm a, I'm glad that he's uh, getting the recognition. I'm a buy. Are you a buyer? Eh, why not? Okay. 
that's the enthusiasm you only get from the handsome boys. Mm-hmm. So that's me, Mister Mister Enthusiasm. That's uh, that's what that's that's what they call you at work, right? Mister well, Enthusiasm. Well, not just at work, just everywhere where I go, everywhere yeah. you go. You walk into the mm-hmm. coffee shop, and they're like, "Hey, it's Mister Enthusiasm." Yeah, it's on my business cards. Draw us a picture. I say no. <laughs> It's a double buy on Avengers number one. Next up is Death of X number three, written by Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire. Pencils Aaron Cooter and Javier Garon. Inks Jay Liston and Javier Garon. Colorist Maury Hollowell, Jason Keith, Will Quintana, Matt Miller, and Andrew Crossley. Letters Joe Savino. That's a lot of colorists. Yeah, I guess so. In one book. Book just seems to be moving a little too quickly. They got to get if out it, three it, crossover takes, events before January. I guess so. It's ridiculous. If I mean, it really did seem like uh, three came out not so long ago. It's every two weeks. So I, I guess they're working hard on this. Which you know, whatever, good for them. It's surprisingly, in my opinion, I'm really interested to hear what you think about it. But in my opinion, this is very good. And I think, like, I'm liking these more and more with each one. I'm I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I certainly like it a way more than Civil War II. Uh, yeah, not a fair comparison. Two groups of superheroes fighting it out over what could be construed as a bad reason. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I like that there is, I don't know, there's a lot of different, people all these all doing the you know, all going for i think that's the thing i like the most about it is that you know all these different mutants are not necessarily united in one front in in their like rage against the inhumans you know you see emma frost kind of conspiring with magneto and there's the 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 cuckoos kind of like working for her but also not sure and then you have the inhumans who are trying to do you know there it feels more nuanced than I certainly expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am curious to see how it plays out. And it's not all just, I don't know, there, there's there's a, enough depth here to make it make me want to read it. I don't dread reading this like I was with Civil War. I, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't dread reading a comic book. I know. I, I know. That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that? Should, should not. Yeah, it that you that it's crazy that to, to not. Um, it, I, I uh, I'm a buy on this. I I I I don't I don't notice anything like the art is relatively consistent. It's, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it jumps around too much. Like I, it, yeah, it it doesn't really bother me. Any little hiccups in it. It it feel it does feel consistent to me. Yeah. In between two artists and five colorists and two inkers, like it's it mm-hmm. it could suffer, but it I think I can I can tell the difference between the artists, but it's there's you know, they're close enough stylistically that it does not disrupt anything. You know, I never went, Oh, I don't like how this, this looks so different than the other one. Um I I however they're doing that, they need to teach D C how to do it. Do you think how we're gonna do conspiracy theory check-in time? What do you think about oh, that? Oh dear goodness! What do you think? Conspiracy theory check-in time. About, what do I... Cy- about Cyclops and Emma? How Cyclops? Do you think that's still? Do you think Emma? I don't know. Okay. I I don't know. Um, I we're gonna see. This event is not much longer. Well, this one isn't. Mm-hmm. 
there's another four issues of the next one right after this, I'm fairly certain. I think if that is true, then he's not, like, dead, but maybe dying. I don't know. We we shall see what happens. I don't think he is dead dead. Well, I think he could be dead because there's another Cyclops. Ah. You know, there's young Cyclops. He's still around. Well, he's in this. Exactly. That's what I mean. I think, I'm just saying Marvel wouldn't necessarily be against killing Cyclops because they have young Cyclops. They, and then he'll just be Cyclops. He won't be young Cyclops anymore. <laughs> he'll just be the Cyclops again. Yeah, turn, it, it puts time into a pretty little knot. Although if, oh man, time, time travel's not, is, is complicated in comic books. I think by complicated, you mean ridiculous. Yeah, nonsensical? Yeah. Nonsensical, also a perfectly cromulent word for the occasion. Uh, I'm a buy. Yeah, me too. I like how um, how they got, uh, oh, what's his name from the Wes Anderson movies? Jason. Uh, Schwartzman. Yeah, they got Jason Schwartzman on their team. I mean, he's a good actor. You need to have him on there. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. He would not be as tall as Cyclops. He's a little shorty. How tall is Cyclops? Tall? <laughs> Taller than me, I think. Yeah, I would say. I'd say he's like 6'2", six 6'3". Six yeah. Yeah. I think uh, he's, a, he's a strapping man. That's my uh, my impression of the Cyclops. The Cyclops. So that's a double buy on Death of X number three of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next book is Full Killer number one. Written by Max Bemis. Pencils Dalabar Talajik. That's a guess. Inks, Jose Marzon Jr., Colors, Miroslav Merva, Letters, Travis Lanham. How do you feel about this one, Eric? It's a little weird. It is, um, no, I would say more than a little weird. Yeah. I would say it's a lot of weird. It is, I, I don't know, it, it feels certainly it is on the heels of uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. And yeah. that kind of sub- attempt at subver- subversive humor that we, we've seen recently also in Great Lakes Avengers. Uh, it feels like that in a certain way. Like, it feels very much like, hey, we are purposely subverting our own tropes. I don't... I don't know. It, there's not... I Like, I enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. But I don't know... If Is it, it starting to feel tired? Yeah, exactly. Like, I... You know, I, doing it again just with having, like... Oh, it's a... Like, it's not a bad gimmick for the book of good premise. Like, hey, it's an old villain. He's settled into a new life. But, you know, his past is still, he can't escape him murdering fools. And you can, he can, he, you know, you can tie, tie in a lot of that shield and Hydra, whatever, like rank and file stuff. And I don't, like, it just, like, there, I've seen people online talk about, like, why does this book even exist? Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's amazing, are, is there, like, who is going to be buying who are the people who are going to be like buying Full Killer enough to warrant it lasting more than twelve issues at the most? I just think that they're that's their mo now. Mm-hmm. You know, if they manage to make Ant Man good, if they manage to, I mean, Hawkeye was a a character that no one cared about. <laughs> he wore a stupid costume and shot people with arrows, and it completely changed the trajectory of Marvel. And they're just trying to be like, yeah, that, but more. I mean, why wouldn't you try and take a D-list character and do one of these books about it? I think this one is technically good, 
but just isn't amazing. It's not going to change anyone's life, and I don't think that long term it's really going to hold too many people's interest. Yeah, I think that's like I, I, it's it's good, you know. Like I enjoyed it, yeah. uh, and it is like it just doesn't excite me because no. there's just too many books like it now. Like Superior Foes was so cool at the time because like it was it felt fresh, uh, and like you can go read uh, uh, Nick Spencer's and Steve Lieber's f- creator own version of that book without the restraints that Marvel puts on them with the fix, and so, I mean that book is still exists and still good. And I don't, without, without, like, I like Superior Foes of Spider-Man because I know, like, I remember from reading Spider-Man all those stupid villains, you know, that Spider-Man beat up, Spider-Man would beat up in three panels, like Boomerang, like all that, that, I, that's part of the charm of why that book succeeded. When, I have, Fool Killer means nothing to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever meant anything to anyone, that's true. And he's like... We're introduced to this Red Skull Jr. thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that gag is as funny as this book thinks it is. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Hey, like a, a, a bad legacy villain. Okay. But, eh, I don't, I don't know how to judge this. Like, I would recommend all those other, like, uh, like all those other books that have, we have mentioned are like this before I'd, me- I'd recommend this one. Like, I'd say I like Great Lakes Avengers more than this. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's saying and doing something a little bit more fun and interesting than this book is. Yeah, or like um, or Squirrel Girl, another you know that is also yeah. that is targeting a younger audience, but it is also kind of doing that. Hey, we're subverting our own tropes, but it also is taking it in a little different direction. You know, there's this doesn't isn't doing anything new compared to any of those other ones we've been we've read. I don't know. I, is this, is this a buy? Maybe with some mush in it. I mean, yeah, it is a really nicely drawn book. It is, I think, technically well written, even though it's not like, I don't know, it's not going to really change any the landscape of anything. It has covers by Dave Johnson, who's awesome. Um, there's a lot of meat to this. It's just like, do you really want more of the same thing over and over and over and over again? Yeah, I mean, like I would say, I'll say I'm a buy mush meter of three, and that, yeah, that that just reflects like if you like all those books I've mentioned, we've mentioned like Superior Foes and and Great Lakes Avengers and The Fix and uh unbeat uh the un uh, uh let's see unbeatable Gwenpool like that that like th- that is another one of those books that is also doing a slightly different thing. Like if you like like all those books and you just need more of that and you want more, you're hungry. Then this is I would put this after those. You know, it's 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 proficient in all ways. It's just mm-hmm. not doing anything totally really new. Uh, so mushy buy. Is that the same number for you? I kind of don't know if I would go more or less. I guess maybe two. Because I think three might be a touch too high for me. Okay. So we're double by Full Killer number one, Motion Meter of two and a half. Uh, next up is Occupy Avengers number one, written by David F. Walker, pencils Carlos Pacheco, inks Rafael Fonteres, colors Sonia Obak, Clayton Cowles, letters and production. So Hawkeye is killed the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Killed, well, killed Bruce Banner. We still Much have. to everyone's delight. <laughs> yeah, all, everyone loves that he murdered a man. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and now he's wandering around doing social justice good question mark yeah he's um helping native americans get water yeah i mean there's clear parallels to like both the flint michigan stuff and to the current Mm -hmm. protests and standing rock yeah where apparently everyone i know has been i did i didn't do that Eh. i don't like it got people talking about it i mean that is a good thing um it's not like not that I'm against a superhero comic book trying to confront those things. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't know how you can do it and still make it a superhero comic book. Like the first half of this book is Hawkeye walking around and talking to Native Americans and about their problems and we have uh what's his face? Um why can't I think of his name? Uh what? The, 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 um, b- 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 I'm finding it. I don't know his name either. If you're Red Wolf, this is where Red Wolf ha- uh, ended up, I guess, after his, his solo series got canceled. Um, like you have them being like, Hey, we're theoretically, we're superheroes. And like, yeah. And they're talking about how hard it is to deal. Like, how do you fight these problems as a superhero? And I think that's an interesting question to me, you know, like, how do you, if you're going to address these problems in the Marvel Universe, how do you confront them in the comic book? But then by the end of the comic, they're fighting the Hydra Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, what, how do you feel? What, what, do you, do you like this book? I don't hate it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting enough. It doesn't feel terrible. It feels like Hawkeye, but kind of not quite my Hawkeye. Like it's snarky enough, but I don't know. It, 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 it's good, but a little clumsy. Yeah, the clumsiness isn't really what bothers me that much. You know, like I, you know, it is a little clumsy here and there. Mm-hmm. It's more of just the simple, like the very premise of it. Yeah. Like, I want it to be good. And up until the point Hydra Man showed up, I was like, okay, what's happening? And then Hydra Man shows up. I'm like, I don't, is Hydra Man is the reason that the water's all bad? I don't know if I'm. No, that would be terrible yeah i mean that would be the worst thing that could possibly happen to this book i i I would rather it go further into like how do you solve a problem you can't punch like that is an Mm -hmm. interesting question and having hawkeye do it is not a bad choice for a superhero for if you're gonna have one if you're gonna have an avenger try and answer that question i think hawkeye is an interesting guy because of his past i'm like a buy with like a mush meter of one so tad mushy. The the picture at the for the teaser for the next book is ridiculous. Just I just have to send it to you. No, I I have it in front of me. Well, I just want to send you the part that charms me. There you go. I don't the angry square mouth. Yeah, I mean it's Hydra Man. I know. What do you want from him? Just like Sandman's lame cousin. Yeah, I I much prefer Sandman. Yep, I never liked Hydra Man ever. I don't think anyone does. Where are you? Where are you? Where do you stand? Oh, I, I think I could mush up more than than one. I'm surprised that you're so low on it, and I still think I enjoy this book. There are just bits of it that make me a little queasy. Um, I I would go three on this one. Okay. If just just to throw out some sort of mushy number. <laughs> you're mushy on your mush meter? What's your what's your mush meter uh, for your the mush meter? 
let's uh we need to we need to cut that off right there. <laughs> Alright, that is Occupy Avengers number one. We are double by much beater of two. Our final book of the week is The Unworthy Thor, number one, written by Jason Aaron, art Olivier Coipel, colors Matthew Wilson, letters and production Joe Sabino. Recap art by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. Thor goes on a quest to reclaim his shirt. Fails miserably. He is as shirtless as he as he is on the last page as he is on the first page. Mm-hmm. Re- remains shirtless. Remains shirtless. He's got his his pants that are held on by a tiny string. That's a that's a who who made these decisions? That's a that's a janitor's belt. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man, riding around on a goat. Yep, chopping up no chopping no up trolls on. Throwing axes into space. What the shit, man? I'm Jason Aaron knows how to write Thor. This is his fiftieth issue of Thor altogether and it's good for him. I, I I like this is a mystery that I've been wanting answered for like I want I want to know You want the you want you want the whisper? I want the whisper. I want to know what Thor heard and hey, beta rig bill shows up in this thing. That's all right he by me. A, he is hideous. He is. He's a weird horse alien man, but I like him. Yeah. I th- I think that that is a good sentence that you just said. He's he's gonna give Thor the hammer. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, nudge, nudge. We're talking about sex, right? <laughs> the hammer is my penis. <sighs> you ready for a ready for return of Nick Fury now in a mystical supernatural form? Oh God, is that who that's supposed to be? That's what the rumor is. Ugh, he has one eye, doesn't he? He does have one eye. You may notice that. Mm. (laughs) Whose decision was that? Oh, God. Probably Jason Aaron's, I imagine. Slap Jason Aaron right in the beard. I'm all for it. I'm ready for Nick Fury as the unseen. A lot of people don't like old dumb white old dumb white old man nick fury i still have a soft spot for him no i thought he was fine not not you but people i know uh, i there's, know there's people out there i'm i mean i'm a people you are a I'm, you're a I'm, people i'm not i'm not all people you're not i'm a, i'm a like it looks beautiful koi Koy, mm-hmm. art is great um he's very good at drawing <laughs> thor's happy trail <laughs> come on man this book's full of it. It is. Yeah. It's a path, no, to, he- it's a path I, to heaven, I, Eric. Come on. I don't have any words anymore. You took my words away. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's your problem? It is. <laughs> this is a really good book. I'm. I'll, I've, it's J- it, it's I, Jason Aaron writing Thor. I will buy every Jason Thor book. Every Jason, Jason Aaron Thor, Jason, Jason, Jason Thor Aaron, Jason Thor Aaron book there is. I will buy them all. That's his middle name. It is, of course. His, his middle name is Thor. <laughs> no, of course. That's why I mean it's a natural that he was writing writing this book. Yeah. And all the Thor. They're books. like, oh shit, we should we should let you write Thor. You better be really good at it. And he's like, man, I better no, get really good at writing Thor. No pressure or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a buy. This book's great. It has been a constant in the Marvel universe for the past four or five years now with Jason Aaron mm-hmm. writing Thor. I bought every single issue of Thor he has written. I will continue to do so. I've already said that the 
I like this book. What do you want from me? You have these Thor. I did. No. No. I, I'm a buy. That's not how I sound. <laughs> I'm a buy. <laughs> you sound like, you do, you sound like a prospector. Come on. There's gold in them there, Jason Aarons. <laughs> Double buy on the unworthy Thor number one. Oh. You're giddy and stupid. This is wonderful. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, recommendations, nerdy stuff. Sometimes we talk about issues, quote unquote. And not comic issues. Not even com. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're comic related issues. They can be sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. You want to talk about printing t-shirts for the Cubs, Eric? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna lead off with Cubs win. Cubs, can you, how, how's good, how good is your Harry Carey? Well, I don't know, Robbie. <laughs> if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? It's the best I got. How would you rate me? It's pretty, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. I think, I think yeah. everyone who does a Harry Carey impression now is just doing Will Ferrell. Doing as Will Ferrell. I've never heard Harry Carey ever. If you watch, I've just, I've, I've just seen that. You just have to watch like old Cubs game highlights, and he, you know, since he was the, uh, you can hear him talk. It's not yeah. really that far off. Will Ferrell's impression is pretty actually. It's, yes, it's accurate in the same way that like uh, Janet Carvey's George George H uh, uh, H W Bush impersonation mm-hmm. is like. It's not actually true, but it is might as well be, you know, the actual thing because that's what everyone remembers. Of course. Yeah, of course. Cubs, Cubs win. Cubs, Cubs win. Mm-hmm. So you printed a million shirts. Eighty-four thousand. That's a lot of shirts. Maybe closer to eighty-five thousand. It was a lot, um, and it took two days of continuous running. That, that's twenty-four hours twice. It's a lot. It was awful. <laughs> How much did you sleep? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot, particularly the first night, because we were all up until, you know, almost, I mean, the game ended at 12.30, 1 o'clock, something like that. What a ridiculous game that was. Did you watch any of it? What time did you stop watching it? I did not watch. I mean, I, 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 I was on Twitter the whole time, and that was... Yeah, I mean, that's that that counts, I think, you know, I was just following because you're it. not like... Well, yeah. I was following it along. I was following along and seeing what was going to happen, but I was not actually Twitter watching. Twitter was... Yeah, Twitter... The, the, the tweets I was looking at it were, like, too slow. You know, we started, we were watch, just, you know, watching the scores and things like that on Google and watching the play-by-play, and that got boring, and we eventually sat down and started listening to the radio... Uh, right about when they they uh, put the tarp out because it was raining so hard and they thought they were going to call the game and reschedule it. But thankfully, you know, what, 15, 20 minutes later, they started finishing the game. Yeah, it wasn't that long. And then in the first extra inning, the Cubs pulled ahead. Yes. So thankfully, yeah, it was a, it was a nail biter. It was a, a very interesting game. It really got me. Like amped up and excited, and then we, God, we printed shirts forever. That basically my whole week, because we had been setting up, we sat up, we set up to print Indian stuff on Tuesday 
or on Sunday and Tuesday, and then we set up both jobs on Wednesday, and then the Cubs won. And then we printed all week, the rest of the week, nothing but that. And it was like a panic. God, it was so insane. It's been it's been rough, but we got through it. I've done literally nothing, and it was just, I've basically been working every weekend for the past two or three weeks, and it was like weird coming home Saturday, Saturday morning basically, and having the whole day to myself and not having to like do a bunch of paintings or go to work or do any of that shit. It was really strange having time to myself and free, free time yeah being able to sleep oh yeah sleep's good yeah no I, I i know i haven't had any in the past month you should do that so yeah the the, the definite anti-recommendation on all of that shit <laughs> i uh also have a story of not sleeping oh cool no yeah. i oh yeah i know what this is <laughs> this is why we're not we're talking about this 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 is why tonight is not yesterday <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why tonight is not yesterday. Um, I participated in Extra Life this year. Donated four years in a row now. I Extra Life, for those who don't know, is a charity uh, that raises money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals uh, for sick kids. It's a good cause. Uh, you Theoretically, you raise money and then you play video games or board games or whatever for 24 hours straight. And, uh, you know, for a good cause. I, I streamed for 25 hours straight because of daylight savings. Uh, I went from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. And there was an extra hour in there somewhere. I think when I hit two, it went back to one. Uh, I was, I had fun. It was rough at the end, like it always is. I was do- dozing off playing Skyrim at 7, 7 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> it's like, can it close? If I closed my eyes, I would start falling asleep. But I don't know. I had a good time. I had a, we, we played a couple RPGs with, with people. That was a, a fun. I'm glad I, I managed, we managed to get those in, uh, with your brother. You, you were live tweeting some of it. Some actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. How much did you hear of that? The cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, that was the, the, I came in kind of on the tail end of it. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf is the name of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brad told me a little bit about it. It was really confusing watching that happen. I did not understand what you guys were doing. Uh, it is a one-shot RPG. Uh, have you ever seen the the, the video? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. Okay, you need to watch that. There, a dude, a comedy writer, wrote a song about Shia LaBeouf, called, called, entitled "Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf," and then with then made a, a music video about it at some point. Uh, it is really good. Uh, and then someone, after he wrote, did that and made the music video, a, a dude made a one-shot RPG where the DM plays as Shia LaBeouf trying to eat mm-hmm. the other people. Kill and eat them. It was a lot of fun. Shia was unsuccessful. I should have been, uh, I, I was dealing with the hardcore gamers for the most part, except for Yusef. So they were mid-maxing and they were, they were smart. Uh, I should have given more help, but it was a good time. And if you'd like to donate, the links are, um, I'm leaving stuff, it's still up, it goes through the end of the year, you know, you can still donate, to, it's a good cause. Raised, uh, I, I I gave you money. You did. I so stop you. making me feel guilty. I'm not making you feel guilty. All the people they who are. haven't given money are guilty, and they should, should, should give all their, okay, you don't have to. I already did, though, give it back. I don't, I can't. I don't have to. I, it's not, I don't have it, though. Stop. I'm going to just go beat up an orphan and take money from them. It's, 
Well, the orphan doesn't have your money either. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, orphans, orphans have my money. <laughs> if orphans have your money, you have other set of problems you need to worry about. Yeah, I'm being robbed by orphans. I've also been participating in NaNoWriMo this month. So I've been writing. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I've been writing a lot. Uh, a lot. 1,600 so, words a day is not uh, not that a lot. I'm averaging 3,000 a day. Okay. Well, that's fine. So so far. And that is also that is kind of hedging my bets if I sl- start slowing down. But so far, I'm doing pretty well. Um, but it is, it is National Novel Writing Month. You write 50,000 words in a month. You get arguably something out of it, a book that you could later mold into something decent because whatever is coming out of this is not it's going to take a little some polishing it always it always does it's i always like the way my brother described it you know, vomit on the page mm-hmm. it's uh it, you you should literally write drunk it would be funny mm, i just get sleepy now Come when on, i drink i can't write when i'm sleepy it, it, it like i just fall like i just get i like my brain stops working why am I the least old of all my friends? I swear to God. It's because you've got like some, some like your part machine. You've got like some engine inside that you drink gasoline. <laughs> I actually used to do that, like not drink gasoline, but I put lemonade in a gas canister when I was a teenager and I went around drinking it in front of people because it freaked them the fuck out. Yes, mother. I was drinking gasoline. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Play video games 24 hours straight, 25 hours straight, and I've read, been writing a lot. I actually got up early on the day of Extra Life and wrote for an hour or two before. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you're doing that. I mean, I don't give a shit about NaNoWriMo anymore, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. Have you played with Sombra at all? Did you? She's only, she's out on the PTR today. So the PTR, the public test realm. Ah. So they test her out, and if there's anything they need to check, they will rebalance her with a patch when she is actually put onto the live servers. But I don't bother with her. I'll just wait until she's real. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Da- I'm. Uh, I'm quite busy with the writing and podcasts. I don't need to go play on the test realm where the the most obsessed crazy people play and play in twelve person somber games. I was mm. I, the video is really the reveal video is really good. I'm she she seems like a cool character that I might be I might play some with. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able, any character that has a lot of stuff going on at the same time. I'm not necessarily great at. Um, but I mean I play Junkrat and he has a bunch of stuff all the same. So maybe I like her. I don't know. She has a lot of like counters to Junkrat looks fun when I was watching you play. He is fun. Junkrat's cool. He's got like a grenade launcher. He does and a trap and a mm-hmm. he throws a mine. Yeah, but it's, it's it's fun. Sombra has like a I, teleport I don't thing. think Sombra looks all that good. I don't know. What, her character design or like her abilities? Uh, character design's okay. I have decided that I am just going to pretend that she's not a hacker, she's a technopath. Because I'm, I'm, everything about that is ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's what she is, but they're not going to call her that, you know? Like They really should. It it's it makes way more sense. It's not that type of game. She's a technopath. It's not that type of game. It's a first-person eh. shooter. It's not a, this is not Shadowrun. I understand, but it still has to make some kind of sense. People know what ha- people have an idea of what hacking means. It's not accurate, but they have an idea. If you say technopath, they go blah, blah, blah. They'd lose interest. Mm. They, they don't, hackers, less syllables. I don't it's think anyone is going to lose interest. Everyone is still gay for the character. 
Oh yeah, well there's it I there's already in I the Overwatch is uh subreddit is full of Sombra fan mm-hmm. fan fan art and fan cartoons that are actually pretty good. I'm I'm pretty I everyone likes any character that picks on Reaper, they're they're a people lover. They she makes she Reaper everyone everyone loves Reaper getting annoyed. I, I like her. She has she's purple. I like purple. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'll probably play her and get some of her skins. I got all the Halloween skins I wanted. I'm happy. I'm ready for some more modes. Overwatch is uh, such a good game. Hey, still good. I have I have not played since the last time you and I played together. I was gonna ask you to play during Extra Life, but then you disappeared right when I was gonna play. I think you probably yeah. were. And you're two hours ahead of me, so you're probably asleep. I have been sleeping a lot. Well, it's good. Still, probably not enough. I slept after Extra Life, and then slept more later, and it sleep was good. I liked it. It was fun. That's, sleep sleep is delicious. It is good. Let's move on, Eric. How about that? Let's move. Let's move. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work. Discuss it in depth like you would a book club, but it said it's a comic book club. Get it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This week, we are discussing Hellboy in Hell by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart. Ten issues in its entirety. I I, I asked you uh, off air, at least, um, how much Hellboy you had read, and you said a little. Yeah, I think I've read, like, the first two or three trades a friend lent them to me when I was in college. This same friend it was just like, if I if I showed you his artwork, you'd be like, oh yeah, this guy loves Mike Mignola. You know, he showed me like the Mignola art book, and he showed me the comics, and I didn't get it. I mean, I think I I get it more now, but I think it's still firmly not my thing. Just his art or everything? Everything. Like I kind of don't like this. It's not like I don't see it as bad but i don't think that mignola is an interesting world creator and a very interesting and very stylish artist um i think a lot of the stuff he draws looks a lot like all the other stuff that he draws you know they're good illustrations but they all i don't know you've seen one nice looking mignola page you've effectively seen them all there's nothing that he does in this that I couldn't have extrapolated from the stuff that I've already seen. But I, do, I mean, I don't think it's bad. It's just, I just think that Hellboy the comic is just kind of not for me. Like, I don't understand why people get excited about it. Like, I, I watched both movies and enjoyed them both quite a lot. But I kind of think they're the best part of what Hellboy is. I do think they've also made me enjoy the comics more. When I hear Hellboy in Ron Perlman's voice, it makes a little bit more sense to me. I do think that those movies are a, a, a much easier, more consumable version mm-hmm. of Hellboy at, at like writ large. You know, like it's. Yeah. I, I don't. I I I did enjoy this. I don't. You know, I I wouldn't say like I'm a huge Mignola fan. You know, I I think his I think it is a time and place thing, and I think it is a like mood thing. Mm-hmm. Like it is, I I don't think you're wrong in like saying that his stuff mostly looks you know the same. Uh, you know, he he doesn't 
like depart very much from his style. You know, it's yeah. it, it's like he has his style and he kind of just works only in that. Um, I mean, everything is drawn at the same angle. One Hellboy face looks like the same Hellboy face throughout all of it. You know, like everything is basically the same. It's not bad. It's the kind of thing that is less drawn and more designed. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, it is very much like composition kind of choices and, like, mm-hmm. how do I lay this out? Where do I put this stuff on the page in relation to other stuff? Like, it is, like, like those, and I think those are the interesting choices to me in this. Like, those are the things I gleaned, like, the things that I thought, well, okay, I like how that looks, but it's not because I went, oh, well, man, the way he drew Hellboy that this time makes it yeah. so interesting. It's more like, oh, I like how, like, Hellboy, like, you know, there's several different pages throughout this where you're like Hellboy's very small compared to a yeah. much bigger thing and it you know the, like the those choices I think are are interesting but it, I uh, would take Andrew McLean over this any day you know or um is it the guy that does Rumble like why can't I think of his name someone that it, that I compare to Mignola That sounds about right Yeah um I I'd, I'd take it over Mignola anytime um it's not that I think that it's bad. Is it just that it's, the the supernatural spooky stuff doesn't grab you? I guess. Like, it feels really incongruous to me. Like, that is something that's really funny. I just think that it's more effective in in the movies. To where there's all this stuff and there's all this heavy exposition. And they're like, all this, this supernatural thing. And this guy's this. And... Hellboy's like ah shit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't curse or whatever. He's like ah crap, you know. And yeah, and he just punches a guy in the face and says Nazis. You know, it's it's a weird thing to me, and it's the kind of thing that I often struggle to see. Like what what's so great about this? Why do people like it? I like Hellboy in general, or just this book? Hellboy in general. People like it because well, a there are some people who just. All they consume is this kind of fiction. Mm-hmm. They don't cons- like. They don't go see dramas. They don't see romantic comedies. They may not even see comedies at all. They all they see is horror and science fiction and fantasy. And so, I mean, that's like to start. Like, I think a lot of his fans are people like that. I used to be that person. I I don't you know I wasn't. It's not. I don't. I don't think I really. Looking back, I don't think that was like a. It was not good, but. I'm not gonna lie and say like when I was 18 years old, I loved horror movies, and that's like I only wanted to watch horror movies. And some that, people that doesn't does not surprise me. I know, uh, but some people don't ever like move past that. Uh, and I don't know, they people really like Lovecraft and all the Lovecraft inspired things, which I think Mignola is certainly inspired at least in his storytelling by Lovecraft. You know, all he did was add like a kind of glid protagonist that says all crap a lot when he's confronted by these kind of this expository part about this horror horror monster whatever that he's they're fighting i mean there's it's some people just really like this one style and like that it is this i don't know Mm -hmm. i I, i'm you know like i'm not a i i am like you said about the world building like that's the thing that really fascinates me like i kind of yeah just to do it read all of hellboy and all of the hellboy and the brpd and like get yes. and get all of that even if i don't necessarily like all of it just to have read it all and kind of have the the totality of it kind of consumed like that 
is interesting. I kind of I kind of feel like the thing that I would compare Hellboy to, um, just because of what you're saying, like I I feel like the best of it might be the stuff that Mignola's not directly involved with. Like I kind of wonder, is BPRD better than this? Is the Hellboy that he wasn't really involved with better than this, you know? Or was he writing all of it? Uh, he didn't write all... He, he he was writing Hellboy for a long time. I think he eventually stopped. Mm-hmm. He doesn't write... I don't... I think he dips into stuff, like those other properties. Yeah. I think he dipped in from time to time. Like, that is another thing inter- that's interesting about this book is that after... He started this book because he wanted to experiment, you know, within the Hellboy universe. He didn't want to have yeah. to adhere to... The long storylines that were in Hellboy or were in Hellboy in the BRPD. He wanted to like be able to do whatever, you know, without yeah. having to adhere to a relatively strict continuity that he set up for himself. Like he like what they were, you know, this story. I think that's another appeal is that it wasn't like other comics. You know, it people aged or died and they stayed dead or like mm-hmm. like they they stuck to things. Plot lines took a long time to pay off at some point, like, but they never, they didn't abandon, he never abandoned things. Like he, like there's a lot, for those continuity nerds, there's a lot of stuff that pays off. Uh, but this, like, I think, I don't know at what point he decided to do this, but like after some, like after, I think after, like after five or six, he's like, it's going to be 10 issues and I'm, I'm going to take some time for myself and like i think that's when after issue 10 came out he was like i'm gonna take at least a year and just kind of paint well he's probably made a pretty good amount of money off of two two movies and a ton of comics so i see there's no reason he shouldn't just do whatever in the hell he wants yeah i like i mean he's done been doing this for near 20 years yeah and and, like there's there's shockingly little hellboy considering though yeah, you know, I mean, when you're the writer and artist, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that I'm being too overly critical of the man. I'm not crazy about his work, but, you know, I think I I respect it more than I like it. I was going to compare it to Lupin the Third, though. Okay. Because I feel like the stuff surrounding Hellboy that's really great is not necessarily the stuff that's directly from the creator. Like, probably the best thing that ever came out of Lupin the Third was the Miyazaki-directed Lupin the Third movie. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of people that love Hellboy that are going to bring that passion to it and might do something even better. I would, I would like to read the stuff and compare and contrast the Mignola Hellboy with the non-Mignola Hellboy. I, I, I would really like to see how I feel about that. Well, I mean, the I mean, the Mignola Mignolaverse, if that's what you want to call it, the Hellboy universe, mm-hmm. whatever it is, is still going strong, and it still has people who buy every issue yeah. of every single property. I, it is just at the same time, like I would, yeah, I, I, it's so dense. Like I don't know what to pick. Can I just pick up any? Like I don't know where if I where I can start. Like that's why I go like yeah. I want to read all of it, but then do I need to? Like that's a, a big question, and. If you did jump in at a certain point, like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's Lobster Johnson. There's a, a lot of other miscellaneous associated titles that Mignola, I guess, is like, he handpicks everyone who works yeah. on these books for the most part, or at least approves them if someone else is doing the picking. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I'm curious 
how they go about that. Like, is there a style guide for Hellboy? I'm sure there's there's some degree of style guide, but I mean, it would be created by Mignola, and he's like, here's this packet of shit that needs to happen. But, or I forget, I, I, he made this to experiment, and then he kind of mm-hmm. went, no, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna end it. Like, and this is the end of Hellboy, like, as a character. He doesn't, yeah. pop, he doesn't pop back up. He's, he's dead. Yes. And I think that in itself is really fascinating. Like, that decision to just go, and like, and that's kind of what the last couple issues are about. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they're, you're, there's no, like, you know, Hellboy, like, the thing about Hellboy is that he is, like, has this destiny, this, this fate that he can't escape. And he doesn't care about it. He, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do what he's supposed to do, theoretically. But, like, this book near the end is kind of just like, there is, you can, you can, the only way you can escape it is by just stopping. I don't know. I, I'm curious how much of that is Mignola kind of talking about making this comic book. I don't know. Any long, any, that's like, it's a, a thing that we, I think we talked about when we talked about The Walking Dead. Like, any long-running independent property creator-owned, after it's run for so long, what is distinguishing it from, you know, the the mainstream superhero comic books? You know, mm. like what? Why? Like a lot of the times, I go to these kinds of comics for smaller, concrete stories that have an ending. And when Hellboy's been around for nearly two decades, and you know, that, there is a continuity there, but what's the end? Where's the arc? Like, you go in, you read a Superman comic, you go into it knowing that you're probably not going to see much change to Superman or Batman. Which, I mean, I talked about it, I mentioned it earlier. Batman's, how much is Batman going to change? But, like, when you own your own property and you're creating this comic book and, and you get to a point of success, like, I, I respect Mignola just because he actually did end it. Mm-hmm. Because he probably could have been, like, he could have done Hellboy comics until forever. Yeah. It's kind of my complaint about The Walking Dead now. No, it's a much better and much more gutsy thing to move on, do other things, to understand, uh, I don't know, I understand when it's time to gracefully bow out. And I think that he did, like, I think it wasn't not necessarily, like, he was tired of it, you know? I, I think in multiple interviews he mentioned, like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And if i doing it with that kind of attitude, it's not going to, it's going to make bad comics. Mm. And it's not fair to the people who are invested in this, these characters and these properties. So it's better to just, to have it end. Um, it does make this comic feel a little bit uneven, I think. Because, you know, like, there's like, Multiple, like, one issue. Some are, some of the stories are, like, one issue long. Others are, like, a couple issues. But then, like, the last two or three, it's just suddenly, oh, here's kind of an ending. You know, it's, and you don't get, I don't, how do you, how do, like, I know you're, you've already said you're not much of a fan of it, but, like, just as a, in a pure technical sense of, technical sense of the word, do you, like, I feel like the ending is, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's purposefully kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're told, like, we're getting all this information third hand about Hellboy finally, like, he has the story about how he's finally claimed the crown and is, like, this behemoth monster and is fighting these other monsters, but then it's just like, no, and then, then it ended and et cetera, and he tore off his own horns, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not like, we don't mm-hmm. see the, we don't see the build up to that. We don't see him grab the crown. We don't see the character in that. 
I mean, I think some of it was because Mignola so suddenly wanted to end it and didn't do like a big build. Do you think that was purposeful? I mean, I don't think that he wrote it the way he wrote it on accident, but I think maybe you mean, do you think he always intended to end it with this sort of slow walk and not the big dramatic thing and kind of have the quiet fade out? That That's that's maybe harder to, to answer. That He probably knew where it was going, but it, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that is basically my question is like, mm-hmm. it is when you work on something for so long and when some, when a property has been running for this long and has been building to this point since almost the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. like it is established very early on that yes, Hellboy, like, the, you know, about his destiny, about how he is going to rule over hell and lead these armies into earth and choosing how to, how to, how to reach that point at the end i'm curious like what you said yeah obviously it's been a long time coming and he knew where he was going but i'm curious Mm -hmm. how often that changed did 10 if 10 years ago you asked him how it was going to end how would it be when hellboy finally did reclaim his claim that throne and in whatever version you want that to be i'm curious if it was going to be this kind of sorrowful kind of melancholy thing or would it have been a more grandiose, more epic, you know, hmm. with a bigger build or a, a, a more a more comic booky thing, you know? I feel like that would fit better in the movie universe. That the, the comics always, for me, had a kind of weird reservation to them, you know? We're always standing back a certain amount of distance. We're always kind of looking at things from the same angle. And, like, emotionally, it kind of feels like that. Even when it's, like, big, it just, you know, Mignola's lines feel very carefully laid down and not very energetic. Even when, like, big action's happening, everything feels really frozen. Um, So, I mean, like, this ending feels very much like it's, it's out of Hellboy's character because he's always so angrily rejected all of that and, you know, just sort of wanted to do his own thing and it feels very much out of Mignola's character. Whether or not he always planned this, it felt, it felt right. No, I, know? I, I don't think it, it didn't necessarily feel, I mean, it, it's mostly ex, I, like what I remember from reading Hellboy, it's very much like, kind of like, hey, I go into this mansion and then I fight this monster. Like mm-hmm. I, or I get beaten up, Hellboy gets beaten up. And then he comes back with an answer and kills something, kills some supernatural, yeah. you know, like, and he says all crap and gets punched in the face or hit with a hammer or something. Uh, having this like very, it's, you're so far, like, I, I never felt removed from those stories, you know, the proper Hellboy story. You know, I always felt, it felt like it was intimate. You know, I felt like very much like, I was like, yeah, it's great. felt like a ground level superheroes comic to a certain extent. You know, it felt like Daredevil going into a warehouse and beating up the hand, whatever. It's just Hellboy instead. He's fighting a monster and it has like Lovecraft painted all over it. With, and of course in Mignola's style. Even though when he stopped drawing it, it wasn't, it was, it had a, it had a slightly different flavor. I don't, this just feels slower and I mean, it, it matches, like, I can't be dissatisfied at the end of the day because it 
completely thematically it felt correct. It's just, I don't think there's anything that won't make it feel weird seeing this character meet an end, an actual end. Mm. Which you, I don't know, it's a strange thing when, I mean, Mignola kind of predates a lot of the current ethos around independently owned comic books, creator owned comics. So he's his own thing to a certain extent. I don't know. I I like I like this comic. I don't think I'll ever read it again. Yep. I mean, it it kind of I read it. I got what it said, and that's kind of it. I don't need it. I don't need to revisit it. I and ultimately, I don't think any of the Hellboy really say that much. I think this actually probably says more than most mm-hmm. Hellboy. Like, uh, it, yes. because it it talks about an ending and and all that stuff. I I think most Hellboy is very much like here's horror adventure yeah which are fun and i don't i i I, you know as not a huge fan of mignola or hellboy just as a kind of casual it's they're always like oh that's that's fun that's a neat thing with that monster that was all teeth or whatever you know some awful thing uh and you know it maybe i would feel that impact more if i had read everything and if i had read all, all the stuff i would appreciate the smaller pieces more just because of probably as the like you mentioned world building, yeah, like it, because that's like the the achievement. It's like looking how look at how all these puzzle pieces connect to each other. But as an isolated thing, I'm just like, well, it's you know, I I if you don't, this is not going to change your mind if you on if you like Mike Mignola or not. Mm. It, it it's 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 still him. It's still his style. I don't. I'm, I'm like I I remember reading his stuff from in Marvel, and I don't. I don't know if it's changed appreciably in that time period. Like I remember issues of X-Men where he was like drawing the brood and stuff or uh, Dr. Strange. Like, I don't know if it's, I think maybe that is also a reason people like him is because he's incredibly consistent, which is maybe not, I, I, some people like, you know, there's people who go to travel overseas and still go to McDonald's. Right. And you know, they like get knowing what they're getting. And I think when you have a Mignola comic that's drawn by him, you know what you're getting. And if you really like it, then super happy about it. I'll ask you this, Eric. This question just popped in my head. Go for it. Do you think an artist needs to change over his career to, I don't know, to to challenge himself in that way? Or herself? Well, I think that yes, that that's really kind of what a true artist is, is that you've always kind of be pushing against your limits and you've got to be trying to always be getting better and always got to be experimenting but people don't really understand that i think particularly in comics where the people that keep coming back are the ones that saw what you did and just want more of the same that's kind of why frank cho is still frank cho from 20 years ago and so same with adam hughes you know Jim Lee. These people have fundamentally not really changed or, at least in my opinion, gotten tremendously better. They seem to be doing the, I don't know, doing the same thing. I, I, you know, I'm not going to begrudge anyone from doing the work and having that conversation with their audience, the audience that they've built. You know, like I'm not going to be a hater on Mignola for doing this work and 
to me, it just feels like exactly the same. I mean, I think maybe Mignola agrees with you, and that is why he kind of stopped. Maybe he wants to, maybe he felt like he was trapped within the style of Hellboy and was trying to deliver what his audience wanted, but he himself wanted to do other things, like paint. I'm curious what his paintings look like, his experimental paintings. Mm-hmm. That was some of the art in this that I think I enjoyed the most. It was kind of like the, I don't know if it was a flashback, but it was like the soft sort of watercolory bit. Yeah, that was, it was, I you know, it's more of an idyllic kind of setting compared yeah. to the, the, the grim and, and it's like, I, this book is like, hey, it is in hell. So of course, yeah, it's going to look grim and depressing, but it's just like mm-hmm. a lot of grays and yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing. Like when you want the book to be grim and depressing, it it's, it's hard to, I don't know, to make it look, if you make it colorful, it's going to make it more colorful and make it less depressing. So I don't know. Well, I want a book about hell that looks like I hate fairyland. Wait long enough and, uh, Scotty Young might. Oblige you. That sounds good. Who would you recommend this to, Eric? I uh, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people. I think you recommend Hellboy on artwork. You know that and horror fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, people who already like the genre already and things like it. Yeah, I think that's really the best fit. That like there's there's good overlap. Like, the things that I like the best about this are the things that remind me of other things. Like, it made me think of Soul Reaver. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so, I mean, you know, uh, Lovecraft. Yeah. For crying out loud, you know? I, I like the, the thing that I really, I think the thing I liked the most about this in contrast to Hellboy is the fact that there were, like, he was, Mignolo was playing with, you know, clear illusions, you know, and was even citing them on the page. Like, yeah, this is from A Christmas Carol. This is from Shakespeare. And like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have built in kind of, you know, when illusions are done well, I really like them. Like, cause it is when, I mean, when they're done bad, I really don't like them. But in this, I felt like it was when you're, you know, when you're in hell and it felt heavy and it did, it didn't felt out of place a lot of the time. It felt like a place where you could quote, something wicked this way comes and it wouldn't make it would make sense like uh mm-hmm. i think i would you know people who i don't know if i would say read this first before you read other hellboy definitely you know, not yeah read a couple other tra- if you like those other trades then yeah i mean you're probably already invested but i think it is kind of meaningless though that hellboy is completely episodic and it's just kind of senseless. You don't need to read these books in order. No, I, it's 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 a weird thing how they they jump around in time and they in all these different series all work on different timelines and different places. It, like there is a relatively strict continuity about when things happened. Mm-hmm. Did you did like that? I really got the sense that um, there was all this stuff. There's all these callbacks, all the stuff that already existed, and mm-hmm. all this older stuff. <laughs> the 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 funny comparison was that it was Wiley's castle for uh, Hellboy, right? You know, but anyway, I don't know. I think you have to like to really get the real joy out of this. You have to be a rabid Hellboy fan. Like you have to understand why it's interesting that all these people are coming back. 
Yeah, I don't. That's it's a it's a tricky thing. Like, and also why I I've been wanting to do a book club about Hellboy. But what do we read? Like, what do yeah. we just read the first couple of them? But then you're not like we've already described them. It's just kind of horror adventure. You're not really getting any. Like, I, I it, 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 it's a tricky thing, and I think it, Mignola kind of was getting tired of all that too. You know, call it a day, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. So that was Hellboy in Hell by Mike Mignola, Dave Stewart. Next week, we'll be doing some Doctor Strange. We'll be doing Doctor Strange, The Oath by Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos Martin. Uh, a good, isolated Doctor Strange story. Movie's out. It's probably, it's on the, it's on, it's on everyone's minds. Guess talk about some Doctor Strange. I think that'll do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find, uh, everything there. Find, uh, links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at HBC Hour, and you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. You can reach out to us any of those places, like, and follow, and all those other social media words. Uh, please, if you like the show, give us a, a good rating and subscribe or a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. It really helps us out. Helps new people find the show. Uh, any, you know, word of mouth is, is also greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter at MixmasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, a super good question about my things. Mm-hmm. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. That includes my new poster store. Uh, you can see many of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. That, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.